It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. we need to be more involved in the educational process of our children. Welcome to Chalk Talk with your host, Eric Hamilton. The three pillars of Eric's approach to parent engagement are academics, accountability, and advocacy, which empower parents to better support success at the child, school, and system level. And now, here is Eric Hamilton. Hello and welcome to Chalk Talk. My name is Eric Hamilton and I'm going to be your host of another engaging show on parent engagement. I'm going to talk about one particular issue that's actually making the news. If you're in the state of Michigan or if you are neighboring in the state of Michigan, now is a good time to Get on the phone, send a text, get on Twitter, and let everyone know that we're talking about a particular issue about parents taking calls to ban a particular book. And we're going to talk about book banning and what it's all about. There's a, a program note. Originally, we uh, my intentions were to talk about the academic role building, particularly in high schools. And I, I do want to make a note that the show is going to center around high school. I have a guest tonight. However, the show is going to move specifically from the general concept that I've talked about in elementary and in high, in I'm sorry, elementary and middle school. And it's going to talk specifically about literature because uh, myself who uh, keeps up uh, with this type of content, you will see that there's quite a bit of talk and controversy about Common Core. You've heard me make many references to it. The show will have a classroom teacher. I'm fortunate to have a classroom teacher who's a literature person who has a, a great background in literature. And we're going to talk about what are students getting, particularly out of high school, what are they getting out of literature? And you as a parent, do you agree with these parents? that are calling for this particular book to be banned. I will also give you an update as to the current growing list, growing list of banned books. We're going to talk about some of those banned books, and we're going to see, is this a good thing? Is this something that you as a parent, is this something that you feel is a, a good thing? Or do you feel this is something that perhaps we need to address in a different format? I want to talk specifically first. I want to thank all the listeners that I am becoming aware is actually tuning in to the show. I really want to thank listeners who are tuning in. I want to thank those individuals who are telling people, hey, you want, might want to listen to this guy. It's different kind of content. I also want to thank all of the international listeners. I'm amazed at the number of people in different parts of the globe that are taking time out to listen to this show. I'm, I'm totally happy to hear and to get any comments from anyone that has any feedback about what I'm doing or what they would like to hear me talk about. 
I also want to extend an invitation. This show specifically, if for for new uh, listeners, this show is specifically designed to engage parents. It's specifically designed to get parents involved and to educate them on the different issues that school systems are facing. Right now, somewhere in America, there's a parent who's going to listen, who's dealing with this particular topic about a book that their child may have been assigned to read. They get the content and they say, hmm, I don't know if this is something that my child should be reading. Or the other parent may say, well, I would like to know why is it that my child is not reading the classics? And we're going to talk about those things. So for those new listeners, this show is designed to give you, the listening audience, some a sense of empowerment so that you can know how to go back and advocate. As you heard in my promo, there are three, three principles that are guiding me. They are academics, which tonight's, uh, this evening's conversation, <coughs> excuse me, will center around accountability and advocacy. Those three concepts are extremely powerful for you. Now, I also want to address a specific issue. For the last week, week and a half, I've taken much of the content from my previous shows and I've put them in forms of blogs. And the blogs are basically a recap of what I've talked about. So I currently have four blogs on my website, and that's at schoolwise.com. And I would really like for those listening in the listening audience to please go online, go to my website, look at those blogs, read them, and give me your feedback. I'm fascinated as to what you think about my commentary, about the top ten questions that parents should be talking about. I'm fascinated to to hear your response to what is parent engagement. Because this show is designed, again, for interaction between myself as well as the listening audience. I also want to extend a special invitation to any policymakers, anyone who's in a position of authority, anyone who's driving these decisions. This is also an opportunity, a venue for you to be able to call in and talk about, hey, guys, this is why we do what we do in the field of education. So although it is specifically designed towards those in the academic field, particularly on parents, it's also designed for teachers, which you're going to hear tonight. Uh, this evening, and it's also specifically designed for other individuals who have a stake in education. So after saying all of that, I'd like to, to move on to our topic. Currently, and this comes from right off of the, the current event section, and I try to find, I try to find, uh, current events. Parents in Traverse City, Western senior high schools are asking school officials to ban books from its shelves. The book, The Glass Castle. The Glass Castle, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I'm a, for those who know me, I'm a, a social studies teacher, but I really find literature very fascinating because there are, are things that we can get out of literature. Well, there's a group of parents in this particular community in the state of Michigan who described, uh, this book as creepy and disturbing. The father read some of the book and used inappropriate language, uh, references to violence and sexual references. This is what the book that was assigned by the AP teacher, The Glass Castle. Upon hearing about this, 
the father and the mother immediately contacted the school administrators to respond and requested that it be removed from ninth, 10th and 11th grade curriculum. The father said that he was shocked. He thought about what the content said and he imagined himself being a 14 year old. And he said that he didn't even remember even hearing those words that were used as a 14 year old student. The Campbells, who are the name of the family in the article, uh, researched the book and found what they said, uh, found their research produced that it was an adult book. It has won many adult awards, but it's not for a 13 and 14 year old, according to their article. At the end of the month, the curriculum committee, which most uh, school systems have, recommended that the book be removed from ninth grade required summer reading lists. And tonight, the school board will actually be voting on whether or not this book should be banned. When you go online and you take a look at the controversy, some people are saying that the book is not appropriate. Some are saying that the book is very appropriate for an AP style literature course. Now, my question to you parents, why should you care? Why should you as a parent care? Well, these parents felt like this was something that was not appropriate. Are you dealing with the situation at your school where your child has brought home a book and you begin to look through the book and you begin to read and you notice some of the commentary, some of the languages that was used, some of the terminology, and you felt, hmm, maybe this may not be an appropriate book? What do you do? Do you do what this particular parent has done in the state of Michigan and they rally around? Or do you go to the school and you talk to the teacher or the school administrator to find out? That's what our conversation is going to center around on this particular show. When I, I take my break, and I'm going to take a break shortly, and I'm going to introduce my, my guest to you, and he is a literature teacher. And he's going to give us some insight. Before I get to uh, that particular part, I also want to introduce that there is a group, and I remember reading about this and during my graduate studies, called the Office of Intellectual Freedom. And apparently the Office of Intellectual Freedom has captured in the last 10 to 15 years books that people have requested for a variety of reasons to be banned. Now, I'm not going to read all of them, uh, but I do want to give you at least the top 10. And I think that's a way to, to, to close out this particular portion of my show. Number one, The Great Gatsby. Number two, The Catcher in the Rye. Number three, The, Grape, the Grapes of Wrath. Four, To Kill a Mockingbird. Five, The Color Purple. Six, Ulysses. Seven, Beloved. Eight, The Lord of the Flies. Number nine, 1984, which is a personal favorite of mine. And number 10, Of Mice and Men. Those are the top 10 books that have been put out there by various groups to consider being banned in literature. And what I would like for my listening audience to think about before we take our break, what's the purpose of literature? Why do we take a literature course in school? What are we supposed to get out of it? Is it simply learning about a particular style of writing? Is it something that we're reflecting upon? 
what should we learn from literature? And more importantly, now that Common Core has been introduced, and again, you will hear me use that terminology a lot. And parents, if you're not aware of it, please, please do yourself a good thing and go out and research it. You'll hear me make reference to it, and I will continue to make reference to it. With Common Core, is there a place where you as a parent have some ability to actually get textbooks that actually are teaching life skills, or are we simply looking at filling in some gaps on the test? And that's the part that, that particularly with the high school, that I'd like for us to focus on. At this time, I'm going to take my break. I will come back with my guest, Mr. King, and we will have a engaging conversation around literature, banned books, and the state of Michigan. Oh, for a break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you are having difficulty balancing everything in your life, be sure to tune in to Change is Personal with Kim Fuller. Each week, we'll help you do your own self-assessment to handling relationships, family, life challenges, health, and personal goals. Kim and her guests share from experiences and offer advice and resources to keep your life on track. Change is Personal with Kim Fuller can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen and start having a fuller life. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Chalk Talk with Eric Hamilton. We want to hear from you during today's show by phone or by email. Please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to schoolwise at yahoo.com. That's S-C-H-O-O-L-W-H-Y-S at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me for this show on having conversations around banned books, high school literature, and a current event, what's going on right now in the state of Michigan. Uh, first, I want to introduce my guest for the evening, Mr. Brian King, who is an educator of approximately six years. He is a graduate from the state of Michigan. He has an undergraduate degree from Eastern Michigan in language and literature. He has a graduate degree from the University of Michigan in secondary ed. And all you Ohio State fans, I have a separate number for you to call in. 
And he is also a literature teacher currently at North Atlanta High School in Atlanta, Georgia. He is a uh, just was just just married, by the way, as well. And he's also worked in this, in the city of Detroit. So he has a wide range of background to talk about our, our topic for tonight. Mr. King, welcome to the show, sir. Good evening, sir. Thank you. Um, I want to start by asking you a couple questions. And, and, uh, first of all, I want to, th- I want to thank you for joining the show. And I do want to say, ladies and gentlemen, uh, those in the listening audience that this particular young man that we're talking to is on the rise. Uh, we're very fortunate to have him in this position, and I want to make sure everybody knows that this young man is on the rise, and he's going to do some amazing things in education. I want that to be recorded for the record. I appreciate uh, that, sir. Um, I, I want to talk about your background. What what got you into teaching? There are different things that draws us into as educators. What got you into teaching? I actually come from a background of educators. My grandfather was a principal. I have several aunts that were educators, and I've always respected my my teachers coming up, but it was always something that I always put to the back when I was coming up choosing majors and choosing a career. Mm-hmm. Yet, as I went through college and postgraduate, I always found myself coming back to education. I always found myself tutoring. I always found myself uh, looking into things that dealt with young people. So it seemed like a natural transition. I have a cousin who's a professor in Philadelphia, and he was a teacher, so I got to see that firsthand with somebody who was in my age bracket teaching. So I've always been drawn to education, and it seemed like a natural transition for me. Okay. So, and and, and that's, you know, it sounds like as educators, there are, you know, you either come from a long line or an educator made a difference in your life, and that's kind of what kind of got you into, into the field. Right. Specifically, what about literature? Uh, what what about literature got your particular interest? Ironically, coming up in school, I didn't like language arts, which is huh. a funny thing. I didn't like it, but I was always good at writing for somebody who didn't really read much. I lost on myself without working hard, I'd get a B and A on paper. But the first thing I read that I really liked was Julius Caesar, and I, I loved the way that it was written, the language, the storyline. It was the first thing that really captivated me and let me know that literature is not boring. It can be interesting, and it drew me in from there. And I was reading all kind of, like the autobiography of Malcolm X was, I think, the next thing that I read. And it was just I was I was hooked from there. I was hooked from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you say that you started reading uh, in terms of just your own personal growth? And I know you just made some specific references. Uh, would you say that you started reading kind of on grade level? Were you did you did you felt like that you you started reading early, or did you just kind of come naturally towards the middle of your academic? Uh, it came natural. It came natural. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything else forced. It was mm-hmm. something that my my father was very into literature, and I would always around the house. I'd always see different books that he would have around, and mm-hmm. eventually, as I got into reading, I would pick up his books and read his. And it was just it was a very natural progression. I was from Julius Caesar to other Shakespeare other Shakespeare writings and I went from autobiography of Malcolm X to other autobiographies and I was always drawn to different texts like that that were challenging, that would that were thought provoking and would shed truth on a lot of different issues because amidst all these storylines there was always some truth about society that would pervade throughout time and I was I thought that was always very but black, but it turns very cool how that would, how that could happen. Or something written in the 15th century was still relevant 
in 2001 or 2002. Okay, okay. Uh, and, and I can speak for myself in terms of, you know, in just in my own education, and, I, and I, I know as a social studies teacher, you know, one of the things that has motivated me is for my ability to try to connect with students to get them to appreciate <clears throat> the government. Uh, exactly. Sometimes the government doesn't uh, always live up to its promise, but my job is to try to educate young people on what the branches of government, those types of things. What right. I find fascinating about literature, what do you think the purpose of literature is in terms of in terms of teaching it? If you had a chance and you've got that venue right now, if you've got a chance to talk to parents, what would you tell parents? What's the purpose of literature? Why do you teach it? Literature is good. Literature is, is truth seeking. Like you see, you always find some truth buried deep within good literature. It's almost like like good music that you listen to. Good music always has a message. Always, it always has a message, and violent music will always speak to you. And so, and literature is the exact same thing. So when I read literature in school, I always, always my main thing is to make it relevant. These kids are reading texts that are. 40, 50, 60 years older than them, maybe 160 years older than them, and it must be relevant. So my my main thing is to teach relevancy and teach truth-seeking, because whatever you do, you need to seek the truth in all aspects, in all aspects mm. of anything that you do. Okay, okay. Now, I, I ask about this particular book that was on, and as a matter of fact, they're meeting on this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're talking about the glass castle and apparently a father found it and apparently it used inappropriate language. It used references to violence and various, uh, sexual references in the book. Right. And, and before you respond to this, uh, it's, I think it's critical because I want to know, have you had this issue in your classroom, in your teaching, where you maybe have put out a book or you had a book that was in the curriculum and someone responded? How did you handle that as a as a teacher? Fortunately for me, I well, fortunately and unfortunately, when I was teaching in places like Southwest Detroit and College Park, Georgia, I didn't have too many issues with parents being um, critical of the literature that we were reading because they weren't really involved. Uh-huh. At, at, the, at North Atlanta High School, where I am, where I law, a bit more parent involvement in the literature that we offer within the curriculum is already approved, but a lot of these are books that were banned for decades, books that were banned for decades. So it never really got kicked back, but it's, to me, I like to see, I like to see the looks on the kids' faces when they read certain literature. Like, well, we're reading this? Like, yeah, we're reading this. This is, but it has sex. Yeah, there's sex in it. There's profanity. Yeah, there's profanity, but there's more to it. And the thing is, they see there's more to it. Like, after the first uh, use of profanity, it becomes nothing because they're caught up in the storyline. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of so a lot of times, so unfortunately, I haven't had to have that kickback. Okay, and that's and I guess that's an encouraging thing because apparently, this is a debate that's going on, and oftentimes I wonder, you know, how do parents perceive this? Now, I'm a I'm a parent, and I look at these books that, and I don't know if you had a chance to hear uh, the banned book list, but. I hear a lot of these texts, and my daughter, I honestly would not have a problem with her reading any of these 10 books, the the top 10 books in literature, because I believe that they're good writings, and I believe they are what you said. They are designed to create thought and and, and conversation, and and that can be very challenging. If you had a chance to talk to those parents, and if you had a chance to, to talk to 
and you've said that you're not familiar with that particular uh, textbook, but uh, that particular novel. But if you had a chance to talk to those parents who are perhaps up in arms about these types of books, how would you address that with them? What would you tell them? I would say, look at it from, first of all, you have to look at it from an educated eye. Don't judge from one page. It's taking something out of context. It's like if you look at the Bible, the worst thing somebody can do is look at one line from the Bible and take it out of context, because you, you probably misconstrued the entire message. Mm-hmm. So what a, lot of, what a lot of parents do a lot of times is they'll look at the parent. The kids will say, hey, mom, look at this. And the parent will look at it. Oh, my God, that's a, that's a curse word. I can't have you reading that. And read the, enti- the text in its entirety. See what the full purpose of it is. A lot of times books are with that kind of language or those type of scenes are a bit more than... Just that, because the message is trying—they're trying to get across. Always is trying to message, trying to get it. Look at it from an educated eye. Once you look at it from an educated eye, see exactly why this is written. There's always relevancy in why things are written. If you look at any book that's been banned, it's been banned not merely because of the material, but a lot of times those people that are in position to ban books don't like the message that's there. Native Son was banned because people didn't want to see a story about a real story about how a white society was forcing a, a, a young black man to lash out. That mm-hmm. was not something that somebody wanted to see. If you read The Awakening, uh, people back in 1899 don't want to read a story about how to the extent that women have to go to to get rights and then realize they can't have them and the extent they go to once they realize they can't have them. So mm. figure out exactly why those why these texts are written the way they are uh-huh. and then make a judgment. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So you're you're asking parents to to perhaps slow down, take a deep breath, look at the the context, and then try to have a conversation. And yeah. and I, I think you're you're on to something. And fortunately for me, as a social studies teacher, um, you know, we we really don't have that issue on our side because most of the things that we're dealing with are all government issues. Sometimes we right. can get out of hand with some of our debates and that type of thing, but I think in literature, I think that that literature is a valuable tool to expose young people to the reality of the world. The question is, who's doing it in what format? Let me read just one real quick comment. Uh, Online, there's a student who attends the high school, the senior high school. She wrote very briefly. um, I agree. I believe that ninth graders are completely mature enough for this book. Although this memoir does contain some serious subject matter, the author is surprisingly optimistic throughout the narrative and has only one has not only survived a tough childhood, but has flourished in spite and maybe even in part because of the difficulties she endured growing up. I think banning this book is a mistake. Now that's from a ninth grader who's actually reading this book and that, that goes to your point about how do we look at it from a perspective of this is the reality of the world. Right. And that's why it's very important for someone like yourself who's in the classroom, who's teaching it to be able to address this issue specifically to parents. Uh, right. it's, it's a difficult issue, but this is why you're the expert on this subject. What I like to do is to take a break. And when I come back, I want to talk about some of the literary terms that I know that you use frequently in your class. And I want to educate our listening audience about those terms and why they're important and and get and to also follow back up on some of these banned 
books because some of those storylines, I don't know if they're lining up with Common Core, and I want to get your opinion on that. Okay. Like, take a break. Please rejoin us after the break. We have Mr. King, who's a high school literature teacher, talking about banned books and literature. We'll take a break. Please uh, rejoin us shortly. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. It's time to take an amazing journey, a journey to gold. Join your host, CJ, every week as she introduces you to amazing people who are following their dreams and changing their lives with a new attitude. Hear from the stars who are stepping outside the box. Be sure to listen for the Dream Quest Challenge with Josie Pasentino, where you'll vote on the music of independent artists. Find out how you can be a part of this life-changing experience. Maybe we'll be talking to you on a future show. Journey to Gold is heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel or listen on demand to our archived shows. Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as host Jordan Kimmel is joined by national experts in the fields of accounting, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be recognized as doing the right thing by the American Trust Awards. Your host Jordan Kimmel is himself a trusted professional with years of experience in applying strategies and consulting with today's leading firms. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Chalk Talk with Eric Hamilton. We want to hear from you during today's show by phone or by email. Please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to schoolwise at yahoo.com. That's S-C-H-O-O-L-W-H-Y-S at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. We are joined this evening with Mr. Brian King, who is a literature teacher at North Atlanta High School. We're talking about banned literature, banned books. We're talking to parents to, to, to reach an understanding or to have a discussion around why are some of these, these classics uh, banned? What are some things that teachers are teaching out of literature what what do we get out of reading an animal farm which is a a great book or reading a 1984 as a high school 
student, at some point in time, your child is going to be exposed to some literature. And I challenge you as the parent to really focus and to get involved and find out what they're reading and find out what's the message behind. And if you're not clear on, on what the message is, go to the teacher and sit down and talk to them and, and say, what are some of these things? What, what are some of the things that we're teaching here? As I said, we're joined with the teacher uh, tonight, Mr. King, and he's going to give us some insight as to what is literature about and what do we hope to get out of it. Mr. King, during the break, we were talking about some of those literary terms that you use as educators use about teaching things like an, an oxymoron or something that's ironic. Talk right. about what you've seen in the classroom about what happens when you teach that concept and how does it transfer into life skills. Talk talk to us about that. Using the teaching rhetorical devices like irony, oxymorons, anything like that, they're used to help the kids to make connections and and become critical thinkers, to read a text and to figure out that, all right, wait, this scene at the end of the book connects to a scene that was back in Chapter 8. That's a good that's a good thing to be able to do. You can translate that into real life to be able to properly communicate and articulate things. Like the literary terms automatically, they, they can, um, if you can articulate what you need to in writing or verbally, you've made quantum leaps in your understanding. And a lot of those literary terms are is more so the thought process that's important more so than the term a lot of times. Because if you can master the term and you can master the thought process for it, you can translate that to other things. So a lot of those skills are transferable to other avenues. Okay, okay. And and in those avenues, are you finding because again, I'm not I'm not as as well versed on on Common Core and what it's doing into the English world, but. Do you find that the texts are changing as a result to fit into the requirements for Common Core? So, for instance, could you use a 1984 to meet some Common Core requirements as an educator? Definitely. Definitely okay. Okay. How how so? Give us some examples. No, with a book like 1984, you can teach theme. You can teach um, character development. You could, it's, it's so many different things you could do with 1984. And other novels like that, it just it helps to it helps it helps students to bridge the gap. That book that book for itself was a, was ahead of its time. In 1984 itself was a, it was a banned book, and it still is in a lot of different places. And mm -hmm. literature like that helps kids with, as I said, helps them with the critical thinking aspect, and it helps kids to make connections. And that's a very very important thing. As much as uh, the writing is important, which is that's a whole other topic. It's about the emphasis on writing, right? But, but in regards to the critical thinking and everything like that, it's highly important to teach text that is thought-provoking and well-written. There's one thing mm -hmm. to have a, a story that has a very good storyline, but to have a very good storyline amidst very, a very well-written text is very good material to use in the classroom, very good material okay. to use in the classroom. A lot of times the problem with a lot of what can be with some of the curriculums is that it's so fast, it's so fast-paced that you don't really get to teach some of the text that you that you really want to. You have to teach uh, a lot of short stories. There's a lot of good short stories out there. Don't get me wrong, but a story like 1984 has a very firm place in language arts and language arts class. But okay. Unfortunately, okay. sometimes you don't really get to delve into it like you like you want to. Okay. And and one of the questions that I'm that I'm getting from a parent right now, and they they want to know 
specifically as an educator, why do you think that some of these texts are, are banned? What are, or is it the, is it the content? Is it the language? What, what do you, what's your thoughts on, on why, or, or is it a reflection of a time? That's what they want to know. It's actually a combination of both. Like, if you look at all the texts that are on the banned book list, and a lot of those texts were banned during the era in which they're written. And a lot of times, either people can't get past the, the, the face of it, the content of it, you can't get, you can't get past the cover of it, because it's, oh my God, it just looks horrible. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people, those that actually can get beyond it, don't, don't think society or, or they themselves aren't ready for what it's talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. books like Brave New World or books like the, I, I mentioned Native Son before because I, I taught it many, many times and it's, and Native Son was, was banned a lot of times, not just, not merely, some people say for the content of it, thematically, people during that period of time were not trying to read about, about that, about that type of subject matter. They weren't mm-hmm. trying to read about it. Uh, the majority okay. of people that were, that were able to read that kind of literature weren't going to read about that because it, it was, it's a bit ahead of his time and a bit too, a bit too honest. And a lot of uh, times people don't want that. Catching a rise and other texts like that. Okay, okay. I know that a lot of times I've had conversations with media specialists, people, the librarians, and and they love to talk about this because you know they believe that classics are the things that students will constantly go back to and they will make references to it. And when they go off to college, if I'm a parent, I, I really want to know what's my school's philosophy on this. I really want to know, is it important for me as a parent to to have had a chance to read some of the texts that I did or as a child, do I want my daughter? Well, yeah, I would love for my daughter to be able to experience 1984. I would love, I think that 1984 is great animal farm. Uh, I would like for her to be able to read those contexts, but if they're not deemed appropriate, it's when then I have to shift to the advocate role. And that's what these parents are doing here. They're saying that this book is not appropriate. And I'm telling parents and challenging parents to say, you can also do it in the reverse. You also can go to your school board and you can say, hey, we want this book in. Uh, you see a lot of books being taken off the shelves, but how many times do you see books being put onto the shelves. Uh, Mr. King, you made a reference to uh, the autobiography of Malcolm X. I read that book. I read that the entire book in two days. I could not put the book down. It was totally captivating. It, it, It just completely opened my perspective up on reading. Do you see that in the classroom? Can you can you share any stories where the power of reading has been shared through a novel? Definitely. Definitely. You've got stories like when I read Brave New World, Brave New World. I read that with my class last year. It was the first time I taught it, but it was just. But the response that you get from the kids is like, wait, that's real. People really do do that. I'm like, yeah, that still goes on. I'm like, what was this written? <laughs> like they were talking about this that long ago. Like, yeah, this is a little bit of out of this time. And then when you can parallel that with a modern movie like The Matrix, which goes up very well with Brave New World, they're like, wow, this is really, it's really huh. does happen, and it's, it's ahead of its time. You got movies like The Great Gatsby. The Great uh-huh. Gatsby, which is, and they're coming out with um, a, a newer version of the movie uh, next year. And Gatsby, I, I love Gatsby. Gatsby is one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. And teaching it is even more fun because, because Gatsby is one of those books that shows the flaws, was one of those books that shows the flaws in society. It was one of those shows the flaws in, in society of that time and how superficial people were during that era. And 
if you want to look at superficiality during our times, it it paralleled. And the kids were like, wait, people really are still like that. People really do judge other people. Mm. You you have rich Mm. people that judge other rich people because they're new money. You got everybody judges other people, and those things are still relevant. And the kids, we we have great conversations. I think the first, one of the first conversations we had was what's the difference between old money and new money. Yes. And the kids really couldn't. They, some got it, some didn't, but once we got down to the bare bones of it, the kids were, we lost a lot of the period having a conversation, and I never cut off a conversation in my classroom. But that was, but stories like that really get kids going. And, a lot, and, and I, as I said, ironically, a lot of these texts that get kids going are damn books, Fahrenheit, 4, wow. Fahrenheit 451. Is another yes. book that yes, favorite kids, book. I, I like I like that book a lot, but mm-hmm. it's banned because they talk about burning books. Yes, and once yes. again, once you get beyond the fact that they're burning books and look at why books are being burned in the in the story, it's uh-huh. talking about the the value of education, the value of reading, and how it's gone by the wayside. Now people have started to dumb down text and read smaller text, and you mm. look at you look at things fifty, sixty years later. Is that still relevant? Definitely. It's still definitely relevant. The kids like seeing that. Seeing that, it's good to see that. I like seeing that light bulb go off in the head. Like, yep, all right, you got it. Good. Now we can get into some really good stuff. Now we can get into yes. Let me read you another comment that was put on the Twitter on this particular story. Literature is literature. It is literature, and all those poor daughters. It is going to be that way with those kinds of kids. Um. Literature, it's not always pretty. Some people are so ignorant that they don't want to believe in what what kids see and what they hear on TV at the mall and even at school. Life is everywhere. So you get a wide range of opinions. And with our technology and with Twitter now, when the story like this happens, and I found this because I thought it was very appropriate for our conversation, you get a different of opinions. And, and what I think what you're saying to parents is you're asking parents to slow down, Look at the text and also try to evaluate it when it was written and and is it appropriate now? Right. And, and, and also and also have and, and and what I've advocated on this particular show is how you advocate. You right. how you go about addressing the issue. You want to address it in a theoretical and analytical style, and you want to look at it as is this a what a lot of people call a redeeming value. Right. Uh, one of the last things that, that I want to address before we go to our, our next break, uh, number 40 on this ban list, and you can go online. All you have to do is put in ban texts, ban books, and you will see that perhaps one of your favorite texts might be on here. Uh, number 40, The Jungle, Upton Sinclair. Are you familiar with that text, Mr. King? Yes, I'm familiar with it. I haven't read it. Uh, I have assigned that particular text in my anthropology class and U.S. world affairs class. And and interestingly enough, this book, although it is considered on a banned list, had it not been for this particular book that was written around the early 1900s, the Food and Drug Administration would not have been created because as a result of people reading this book, they found out the stories that were going on in the meatpacking plant. Right. Some say it was sensationalism. Some say it was true. But as a result of this book, people began to question the safety and quality of our food. So, And that's a story that I always share with my students about 
this is the power of learning. This is the power of books. Had it not been for that particular book, the government wouldn't have stepped in and actually tried to make sure that there's a public awareness about the quality of our food. So I find it fascinating that that particular text is is on there. I want to go to my final break for the show. When we come back, we're going to get some closing thoughts from Mr. King on literature and common core. Please stay tuned. We'll be back after a short break. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. We let so many outside factors mold and shape our lives. Technology, instant delivery. We live in an on-demand world. What's happened to the compassion, the kindness, a better pace? Listen to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. We'll bring that kindness and compassion back to our world. Our guests come from around the world and we'll discuss what's being done and what we can do to bring our lives back to order. Might Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. listening to Chalk Talk with Eric Hamilton. We want to hear from you during today's show by phone or by email. Please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to schoolwise at yahoo.com. That's S-C-H-O-O-L-W-H-Y-S at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. I am joined with Mr. King, who is a literature teacher, an English literature teacher at North Atlanta High School. We're having an engaging conversation about banned books, about the direction of English, and specifically what's going on in the classroom and how parents, how you can, can get in on this conversation about what should be taught in the classroom, what's appropriate, what's not. Mr. King, we were talking about this particular situation that's going on in, in Michigan, and there are different places around the country where every you know couple of years you'll see another book that's being added on here. As we conclude for the show, as a literature teacher taught in different states, different, uh, uh, different groups, what are some of the things that you would like to communicate with parents on how you have seen over your years to either help kids to, to get them involved about uh, how do you how do you um, 
get them interested in reading more because everybody is saying that America, we're catching up with the rest of the world, but we've got to read more. Share some of your thoughts about how they can use some of these texts and where we should be going in the field of education when it comes to reading. So share some of your tips with us. With reading and education, a lot of times with parents, just they, the classic mantra, be involved. All I, all I can say is just be involved and show kids and, and model for your kids. A lot of times kids will start ignoring you around the teenage years, but just be involved. Um, in regards to school itself, one of my one of my biggest fears with school is that um, with an emphasis on tests, we de-emphasize uh, content. We de-emphasize a lot of stuff with content. And I know a lot of times throughout my school years, I found that we can't, I can't get through a lot of the literature I want to get through because now it's time to prepare for the state standardized test. And then after the first standardized test, there's another state standardized test later on that year within about a month. So with that interference, I would just tell parents to just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing education, keep pushing the reading, uh, and just be involved. Just be involved. Like there's a lot of good literature out there. I tell you kids what you used to read. Um, and if the kids want to read, if kids aren't reading books, let them read the magazine. The magazine is fine. As long as they're reading from left to right and internalizing some type of information, let the kids read. Just let them read something. Newspaper, The New Yorker, which is a very good text. Most kids probably won't read it, but very good text to read. But it doesn't matter what they read as long as they're reading. And mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's my biggest, biggest thing. Just don't be so, don't be so pent on reading novel, novel, novel. They gotta start somewhere. So let them mm-hmm. read. If it's a comic book, let them read a comic book. Mm-hmm. If, it's a, if some of them are well written, let them read a comic book. Just start somewhere and build from the there. It's been built from there. You got to start somewhere. Would you Would you also say, and and that's that's extremely good advice to 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 tell parents who are listening, because right now, as I've said, there are parents that are they're dealing with with their child that's struggling. Uh, child hasn't demonstrated any reading. Uh, child is struggling. Child is in middle school, but yet still reading on an elementary school level. There's a lot of issues around reading, and reading is something that I have promoted on on my show about parents should take an active role in making sure that they know exactly where that child child's reading level. Uh, and you you made a, a reference to this, and, and this is important. Uh, what book do you think has made the greatest impact on on your life? Yes, tough question. <laughs> that had the greatest impact on my life. Yes. Souls of Black Folks. Ah. Okay. And Souls how? And how folks. so? How so? The because of the literature or the content, or 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 the the impact rather. It was. It's, I'll check E for all of the above. Like it was just the mm-hmm. way it was written, and mm-hmm. to and put it within the time and the magnitude of everything that Du Bois was right was writing. It mm-hmm. it spoke volumes to me. It spoke volumes. To and I just, and I internalized everything that he wrote in all of his essays. And I know it's not a traditional novel, but uh-huh. but that's that's one of the and that's one of the texts that that's one of the first texts I picked up and read independently. Mm-hmm. So that so I said, Souls of Black Folks really really spoke to me because all the messages and the thing is once again the same thing I told my that I love my students to have is make connections. These things that Du Bois is writing about from his era are still relevant during his during our times. Back yes. when I was in high school, for the kids that 
any 17-year-old or 16-year-old that wants to pick up Souls of Black Folks, it's relevant to them, whether you're black or white. The Souls of yes. Black Folks was it was very instrumental in driving, in driving my interest in literature. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's one book. I, I, I pick it up anytime. I read. Certain, I still read certain essays to this day. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason that I, the reason I asked you that question is because as an educator, I think it's very important for parents to hear that there's something that's motivating you in your work. That 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 generally speaking, there's always some type of a book or something that we come across that immediately makes a difference. Sometimes it's nothing more than to just boost your self esteem. On reading uh, the autobiography of Malcolm X completely changed my life. Because it was the first novel, it was the first book that I read, and I was proud to read it. I couldn't put the book down. I was drawn by the way it was written. It exposed a certain part of life that I was not aware of. And and what you will hear any educator say, whether they're north, south, pride, doesn't matter. When you can find a piece of literature that gets you excited about learning. That light bulb goes on, and what happens? You want what? You want more. You want more. You're hooked. And that's and that's the purpose of teaching. That's the purpose of why teachers get up every day, particularly uh, literature teachers, because they're constantly promoting reading. So, Mr. King, I want to uh, again thank you for for coming on and giving us your words of wisdom and talking about this this tough issue. And I'd like to invite you back. When we have a little bit more time, I definitely appreciate it, sir. Definitely appreciate it. Um, what I would like to close is is listen to what we've heard on this particular show, and that is when you can find a teacher like a Mr. King who can take a text, despite whether some say it should be banned or some say it should be put out in every classroom. If you can find that teacher that can use a text to increase, to spark the light bulb of learning. That is the essence of why we do what we do. That's what our community is looking for. Our community is looking for teachers who can empower students to read. Our community is demanding. We want high levels of reading. We want to be able to expose our young people into learning, whether it may be Upton Sinclair's The Jungle, it might be Catcher in the Rye, it might be Life of Pi, it might be 1984. Work with your teachers. Try to work with your teachers. Go to the school boards meetings. Talk about good literature. Talk about classics. Parents, you have a right. You have a role. You have a voice to play a part. If you're not going to take on this role, Who do you think is going to do it? Where is it going to come from? I'd like to close by saying, parents, that you have this right and responsibility, and I ask that you please go out, be empowered, make a difference in your community. I look to talk with you next week on Chalk Talk. This is Eric Hamilton. Thank you again. Thank you again for joining us for Chalk Talk. Please join Eric Hamilton again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for more of everything that parents should know about school. 
thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.